0: Lila Winston, I pray that you are well that God is blessing in your life. I hope that you have been staying cool if it's the summer where you are, and if you, it's the winter. I hope you've been staying uh, warm, or if it's rainy, staying dry. As you know, guys, we come together to read in the Word of God so that we can practically apply it to our lives. Also, so that we can discover the purpose of our lives, and enact that in the earth. And so today, we have been um, actually been studying on the ways in which it impacts Earth, and the way that the kingdom which we know is inside of us now is working through us here on Earth. And I think that's important for us to understand when we think about, you know, how we are going to fulfill our purpose. They're going to share the gospel in a way that people can understand this isn't just a club you're joining right I think a lot of people think it's a club that you joined you know where members have a secret handshake you know we really sit around and talk about stuff like this is stuff to apply to live out in your life because I can honestly tell you from experience if you live this Bible exactly the way it is, the work, the way God said it is, you're going to change everything around you, you're not going to have a usual life, it's, it's not going to be, I woke up in the morning and I was bored, and you no, know, every day, and I'm not saying, you know, i want to be like the Avengers every single day, <laughs> but it's going to be an interesting life, that is what I can tell you, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting life. And so we have to embrace the purpose that God has given us. Whether you are a housewife, whether you are a single mom, whether you are a dad, um, whether you are a regular working guy with a dog, you know, whatever it is that you do, you have the power to have an impact on the world through the ways in which we connect and enact heaven on earth. And that's really kind of what it is, because heaven, in the most wonderful way possible, has always been reaching out to us. God has never stopped reaching out to his mankind. And I think that we are going to really kind of delve into that today in terms of how he made us. And so our anchor text of course has been first Kings, uh, chapter 22 verse 19 to... To him forwith he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, the Lord has spoken evil concerning you. Now, as I said before, guys, that's first Kings chapter twenty-two, uh, verse nineteen to twenty-three, but As I said before, you know, as a young kid, that kind of freaked me out when I read it. Um, But in time, I began to understand it a little bit more. We understand the King of Heaven, we understand what it means to be a prophet a little bit better. You know, uh, a lot of times um, you will have people who profess to be prophets, and that's kind of a thing that Ahab, you know, had created. He had created a collection of men. you know I guess they claim to be his prophets and so these are not like you know you know these are not prophets that are lying these are people that he has accumulated because you have to remember prophets are not a new thing prophets have been around for quite some time and uh, it's what people go to when they go to diviners and they go to you know different kinds of um, you know, people who are supposed to see into the future seers they call them seers sometimes, they call them witches. There's actually a really great story about Saul going to the witch of Endor to inquire, uh, to know something about the future, about what to do. And so we see that these people who are um, sort of connected to the occult or connected to um, the dark spiritual realm, these people, they're actually able to reach a spiritual realm. It's not the good one, but there is a spiritual realm. And I think we have to acknowledge that, right? You have to be aware that you know you're not just living, you know, by yourself. You know, that you're not just divorced from heaven or divorced from where there are spirits. And I think that's really important to understand. And that is why I want us to understand how we have this interface. So you can better explain these things. To an unbeliever, you know, you're sharing the gospel with them for yourself in terms of your own purpose, um, and the ways in which God wants to communicate with us, so we understand him much better, um, and the ways in which he does things, so, so I think this is a really important part of our life as believers, is understanding that we are more than body, right, we are body, we are soul. is worth knowing more about the Spirit, because God is a Spirit, and if we dare to be like Him, then we must understand what's going on in His domain, because His domain, it rules our domain, even if you can't see it, right? And so, I think that if you believe that God, even though He is a King, even though He has His own domain, you can believe that God creates with purpose then that means you will understand that all of your gifts and talents have meaning. The way He made you, the way you look, like literally the way you look is important to what God did for you. I think a lot of people don't realize that they're always trying to change something about themselves. When God knew what He was doing, now I'm not saying even if something went wrong, like let's say, were born with a sixth fever. Maybe you had it removed or something like that. There was purpose even in that moment, right? Nothing is devoid of, of an actual, you know, uh, function in terms of God's creation, right? And we know things happen because of sin, but it is important to Here and why your life matters if you think about the way that God has made you. I'm not talking about that high temper that you have or that sharp tongue. I'm talking about the way that God made you. Maybe he made you to be sensitive about certain things. Maybe he made you to be prescient about see why, if you really think about it, why you can't give up, and why you must soldier on, and why you must run the race that Paul talks about in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, because God has absolutely equipped you for the moment that you're in right now, no matter how difficult it seems, or how fun, like it might be fun, like there's literally some moments that I think people think are challenging, are absolutely super fun to the people that are involved or the person that is involved because it's a part of their purpose. Like, I can honestly tell you there are certain things that I have to do that I find absolutely fun. Other people might not think so, but because I am living my purpose, it's what I do. It's what I like to do. It's what I understand. And I think that is what we have to get to and understand. It's like being a hammer. A hammer really likes to hit nails and break things up, right? It's what it's made to do. And that is what I'm saying. Like, sometimes, yeah, God has made you for this moment. So that's what you need to understand. So let's quickly look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about... With so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He's literally saying, You have a race, so you can just kind of get rid of any sin. I'm not saying you're able to do that in one day, but I'm saying, as you mature as a believer and are thoughtful intentional—I'm sorry, intentional—about moving sin out of your life, he's saying, "Be focused." That's literally what he's saying. He said, "Let us lay aside every weight." Now, a weight isn't necessarily a sin, because he says, "And the sin which easily besets us." So, if there's something that weighs you back, that holds you back, right? that stops you from doing what God wants you to do. That's not not something to let go of. Not everything is bad. Some things just weigh you down, right? Some things just stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Sometimes you just have to put them aside so that you can focus on the purpose that God has for you in your life. Is there something that clips your wings? Maybe you have to let that go so that you can spread your wings to the full wingspan. That God has intended you to. He doesn't want you hopping around on the ground like a chicken. He has made you to be an eagle, so He's going to need you to soar. There's no eagle out there. I've never seen it. If you have, you know, let me know. But there's no eagle out there that flies with one wing tucked up underneath, you know, tucked up. He has to spread out his full wings to the fullest length so that. He may be able to fly to the highest heights, and so we are like that as well, and that is what it could be. A weight could be something that just stops you from flying. It doesn't have to be evil, and so we go back to the heavenly council in 1 Kings chapter 22. When God gathers all of the hosts of heaven together, we see in verse chapter 21. I'm sorry, in verse 21, that the text said a spirit came forth with a solution. And I want to note that it did not say an angel. Okay, it said a spirit, not an angel. Now, this spirit very well could have been an angel. I don't know. We may never know, or we can with God when we get there but this was a spirit as the scripture says, right? He came forward and volunteered and then God asked him, how will you do it? How will you do it? And so I find it fascinating because God has provided such flexibility. Not only has he allowed input from the hosts of heaven but volunteering and now he asks what's your plan how will you do it i think that's wonderful and i think a lot of times we're asking god for the plan and he's saying no 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 i'm asking you for the plan i've chosen you for the job this is the purpose that i want so how are you planning to do that i think that you know if you really think about it that way i think it will help you with your own purpose sometimes God has a purpose, he wants you to do it, and now he's looking at you saying, so how are you going to accomplish that for me? Hmm? I think it's wonderful. And so when we ask such questions, we allow for, when he asks such questions, it allows for creativity and strategy in that individual, and we know that God allows mankind creativity, Allows him stewardship, you know, over many things, right? And God allows even that in this moment when he's speaking to this spirit in heaven who's a part of the heavenly hosts, right? You know, and he even allows this in this very pivotal moment where you have the evil king who's just kind of been riding rush out over everybody he's like okay we need to stop this guy like he's not a good dude like this is not a good kingdom right here like they're hurting everybody so this is not just about you know and and i think this is something that we have to understand right believers it's not just about the temple it's not just about praise it's not just about worship guys it's about world events Things that's happening around us every day. It's about what's happening to your neighbor. It's about what's happening to the people across the street. Yes, no, we are not an island. We are part of the kingdom of God, which dares to have an impact on earth. And I'm not just talking about a revival, I'm talking about people in everyday situations, right? There was a political situation going on, a very dangerous one going on with Esther, right? The Jews, and she was there for such a time as this. So, please don't confine, you know, God's movement and His work and His purposes to only Sunday morning in the church, right? We see here that purpose and method are not always fused together or a foregone conclusion. In verse chapter 22, the Spirit says that He will go and be a lying spirit. To deceive the king. It's an amazing look at an omnipotent and all-knowing God. He allows many things, even things that do not seem good, but accomplish his purpose. It gives us a better insight into the conversation even that Daniel had with an angel in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 to 18. There was actually an angel who reported that he was twenty-one days by the prince of Persia. Let's look at Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy word. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. That is Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. So, another very spooky verse as a child. It just sort of freaked me out. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Um, i not saying good. Child, but you know, even as a new believer, it kind of freaked me out because you know, I didn't really understand. Like, I didn't understand, I think that's really the bottom line. I really didn't understand. And so, when we look at Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13, we see that there are some things going on that are much more than we know in the spiritual realm, right? Okay. This is an angel that's talking to Daniel. And so we are given some window into it in various glimpses throughout Scripture, as we read with our anchor text in 1 Kings chapter 22, and now here in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. So we have these interesting glimpses. However, we are not fully privy, and I don't think we should act like we are. And I think that it was intentional on the part of God in that as humans, I don't know if you'll be fully able to like grasp the awesomeness, right, of what's actually going on behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. I don't think that I think there are some things we can understand in terms of their impact here with us on Earth. That's kind of what this Bible study series is about. We're just understanding the like connections so we can understand God a little bit more, but I don't think we're going to get that full picture. Until we get to heaven, so I'm not saying that we should try to grab everything and say, Oh, you know, I understand everything about what's going on in heaven. I don't think there's anyone out there who does. But if we look at Daniel chapter 10, the angel there actually um, he names three princes. Now, I, the text that I read. Now that we read Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13, it mentioned two princes. However, if you read all the way down to the end of that chapter, there's actually a third prince that is mentioned, right? And that's the prince of Grisha. And so while these are likely spirits, right, in the spiritual realm, we understand that they have characteristics, right? And I think that's really what it means when he's giving them these names, you know, the prince of Persia or the prince of Grecia. I don't think this angel is actually being constrained by a human being, but an actual human prince. So I think this gives us some understanding about the spiritual realm that there are characteristics. Maybe if this prince had a certain set of characteristics that was influencing a particular region, right? And so we understand that there are characteristics. And so the angel mentions that the Prince of Persia, right? He, he, he mentions the Prince of Persia, the Prince of Grecia, and also he says Michael is a prince. And I think it's important to note he actually says he's your prince. And I think that's important because he is literally saying this is your prince, which means that this is not a prince of darkness this Prince Michael that they're speaking about actually came and helped him to even reach Daniel. You know, when we look at at our text, Daniel, chapter 10, uh, verses 12 and 13, he tells him from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself before God. That is when your words were heard. I think that is really, it tells us something about prayer how very much prayer is about the posture of the heart, how very much prayer is about your commitment to chasten yourself before God, to cut off those weights that so easily beset you. Sometimes chastening, remember we learn chastening isn't always about sin because sometimes the Lord allows us to be hungry, right, so that we may learn that man does not live Bread alone so not every weight is a sin and when it comes to chasing sometimes you must to do certain things so that you can develop a level of discipline and i think that's the point we want to understand of how the kingdom is trying to influence us so we talk about michael here and how michael helped this particular angel to reach daniel and so know what he meant by your prince is certainly up for debate, right? And since we are encouraged not to debate in the Bible, we can assume maybe Michael is a spirit or an archangel who has a dominion that actually brings clarity or help or some other good thing because obviously Michael is a good guy, right? He helps this angel. To reach Daniel, and this Michael he says is your prince, so it tells us that this uh Michael, this prince, he has a level of authority and he is somehow uh, connected to Daniel, right? Because he says he's your prince, right? And so, I think it's really important for us to understand that God is looking at the heart. And he understands that we are spirit beings. And there may not be everything that we understand, right? I mean, think about it. Like, if you close your eyes, or maybe you're in a room, you can always tell when someone has come in, right? Or have you ever noticed that you can always tell when someone is staring at you, even if they're behind you? And that's important to note because I think sometimes we think the spirit is facing forward that, our spirit, we don't know how big our spirit could be in terms of the size of our body, how far out of our body it actually stands, or if it's right in the heart of the soul. I mean, these are there's so many questions that could be asked, and even people who have the gift of discernment will understand this. There are times they can discern things about people because of the spirit of God, right? Communicating with them, they're able to discern Others and so I think we need to understand this when we look at this scenario. When we talk about Michael, this prince, you know, in these spirits. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 and 12 something I want to pull out. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I think this is so important. So, our contention is not with people per se, right? You know, we know that humans require humans to accomplish things on earth. Therefore, we understand the influence of those spirits through the power of. Suggestion, temptation, and even possession. So you see, that is the point. We are not wrestling with the people. You know, the nasty co worker that keeps being nasty, or, you know, um, I don't know, the uh, business person. This partner that's suddenly gone haywire and wants to do this with the company you know, or whatever kind of contingency that you're having, it's not the people, right? You have to understand that so that you're not bitter at other people. And this will really help you not to be bitter at others when you understand it's really not about these guys. We're wrestling the principalities with powers against rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness so it helps you to understand the importance of prayer not just being quick on the draw when it comes to knowing how to retort, the importance of, you know, um, maturity as a believer, the importance of obedience, of following purpose. These things matter of faith, of faith with words. These things are important because we are not wrestling with the flesh. Even though we are here on a earth, the battle is something. The wicked one wants you to feel a certain way, think a certain way. That is not good. That is why the Bible tells us to whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure. You know, there's all of these admonishments about the mind and the heart because that is the composition of your soul. So I want us to look now and think about this understanding. You know when we think about what it means you know to to you know wrestle and what really is going on you know sometimes in our daily life right so you see i want to point out that god isn't creating Bodies for other spirits, right? He's not creating a body so that a man can, an evil spirit can get in it and live on earth, right? He's not doing that. God is not doing that. He has only created them for us human spirits made in the image of God. And so, if you can recall from Genesis, the Lord made all of the generations of earth and then he rested on the sixth day. That's what it says in Genesis, right? So that means that everyone that was supposed to be born will be born. And everyone that shows up on earth is already accounted for. So you see this when a baby is born. So how can a spirit that Habits the spiritual world influence a human? That's the very important question that we need to ask and we really need to look at. And we're going to look at that in our final um, part of the series understanding how heaven or the spiritual world. Also there are video clips on my YouTube.